This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, I'll tell you what, how many bought their Bibles tonight? Hey, man, hold up your Bible. Hold up your Bible. I tell you, this, this is so important. Did you know that your faith is released with words out of your mouth that come out of your heart? And, you know, we're going to be talking about faith and confession tonight. And, and there's, there's, there's a faith, there's a confession unto faith, but then you confess your faith because when you speak it long enough, it gets into your heart and you start getting a hold of it. There's not a confession to faith, it's a confession of faith because you know it. Amen? Well, say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written word of God. This is God talking to me. Jesus is the living word. This is the written word, and the written word reveals the living word. Jesus, my Savior, my healer, my delivery, my victory, all that, all that it says I can have, I can have. All the Bible says I can do, I can do. And I am who my Bible says I am. I'm not a worm. I'm not a loser. I'm not a has-been. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, because God said so in my Bible. And now one more thing. Lay hands on your head and say, mind, you're not going to wonder tonight. You're going to stay focused. You're going to listen. You're going to be sharp. You're not going to go to sleep. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're going to be able to receive the Word of God and retain it. In Jesus' name, amen. And now if you want to, give somebody a high five. And if you don't want to do a high five in the flesh, do an air high five. But praise God, we're redeemed. We are redeemed. We are redeemed. I want to show you a couple things uh, that be in line for our lesson tonight as you open up to Hebrews chapter 10. You can open up to Hebrews chapter 10, but I want to show you some things. I'll give you a chance to get there. And then I want to show you some things from the bookstore. This will be the first one. Jose, we got this one up here first. Okay. We're going to be talking tonight on the subject of faith and confession. If you're taking notes, it's your key to victory. Faith and confession your key to victory. This is the Believer's Authority. This is the Believer's Authority. It's an awesome book. And you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I know a lot of history on this book. I've been, I've been around a few years around faith things, about some things going on. But how many ever heard of the Soviet Union? Well, that's the former Soviet Union. You know, tried to regroup as the former Soviet Union. Before it was the former Soviet Union, uh, the, the group we've been hooked up with for years was ordained with it for a lot of years. Now we're still members of the Association of Faith Churches and Ministries called AFCM and Ron and Ed Thiessen. Our, our directors at AFCM for missions under Liz and Dana Nile. But anyway, back in 19, probably about 19, maybe 75, 76, somewhere of that, the Lord spoke to, to Brother Jim Caseman, Dr. Jim Caseman, and he told him to take, I think it was a 3.2 million, huh? 3.3 million of these books and get them translated into the Russian language. And then smuggle them into the Soviet Union. And so they began to do that project, started taking them in. 
And then years later, after the Iron Curtain fell, I, I talked to pastors that were at our conferences from the former Soviet Union. They told us that for years, for years, the Christians over there prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, Lord, 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 deliver our nation, deliver our nation, deliver our nation. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And then, as the missionaries underground began to take this believer's authority into the former Soviet Union, got their hands, they read, and then they saw that they were part of the answer for deliverance of the Soviet Union. They quit praying and asking God to do that. They took authority over the demon spirits running their nation. And then the Iron Curtain fell. And so, it takes more than praying to get victory. you got to be doing some saying, too. As you know, it worked, it worked for that whole nation, but in your life, the strongholds in your life, in your family, they can be broken. You need praying, but actually need more saying. Amen. So that book there is a really, really, really a key book. Then a couple other things I saw in the bookstore that caught my attention. I'm so grateful we got people in the bookstore that know good things that we would like, but this is called Scripture Confessions for Kids. Wow. We got it there. That's pretty good, Jose. Thank you. Scripture, confessions for kids, and then scripture, confessions for teens. Scripture, confessions for teens. And I will guarantee you that word that came out of Joel's mouth, came out of his heart, he's a little kid, that comes out of Pastor Dave, and, and you know, most of you people now that have been around this a long time, that got in you because you learned how to confess the word of God into your life. And if I had kids today I was raising, I would buy things like this. I give in the hat, I get them in the hands of my teenagers and my kids to get the Word of God in them. And when you get the Word of God working in your life, that takes care of the fear that's trying to overcome your faith. Because the only thing that's over going to come fear is faith. And the only way faith's going to work is if you speak your faith. You got to talk your faith. And then here's another thing that's free. We got this on the, uh, what we call that desk info booth back there. They're faith confessions for every area of life that we've put together for years and years and years and years ago. And we've been giving these things out for 40 years. But they're really good and they'll help you. Amen? <clears throat> and so tonight we're talking about faith and confession, your key to victory. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our fears, our doubts, are being scared about the future. Hold fast the confession of what profession? Of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, I want, I, I want you to hold your place there and turn to chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm going to look at a couple other things to set up this verse, because we're going to camp out on chapter 10, verse 23, all night long. But the book of Hebrews teaches us, now listen to this, because a lot of Christians don't have this revelation that they've been taught, teaches us of the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Present day. See, a lot of people have been taught only this far, that Jesus was raised from the dead for our sins and think he's done. Well, when you look at chapter 7 of the book of Hebrews, it says, it says that he's the one, verse 10, chapter 7, verse 10 says, Jesus is the one that receives our tithes. He's the Lord of our tithe. He's still ministering. Jesus wants to be in charge of your money, but you've got to give him permission by giving him your tithe. And then Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says Jesus 
is at the right hand of the Father where he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's still at the right hand of the Father standing in for us. Amen? And so there's lots of things that Jesus is still doing. And when you study the book of Hebrews, it shows it shows the, the Levitical priesthood, but it also then shows you Jesus' priesthood because there's correlations because the earthly was patterned after the heavenly. And so chapter 3, as we're looking at about faith and confession, right? chapter 3, verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. How many here are partakers of the heavenly calling? You're in the family of God. God's got a call on your life. And, you know, sometimes people get religiously spooky and say, Oh, I know God's got a call on my life. Yeah, he's got a call on all of our lives. You know, some of us are called to be up here doing this, but we're all called. As well, matter of fact, I can give you an example. Katie Brady, how many know Katie, our beautiful little songbird, anointed girl, and everything up there works on the platform. Katie asked me a while ago, said, said, Pastor, what's the, what's, what's the word? What's, and I said, I got a word for you. She said, okay, what is it? I said, read your Bible. <laughs> You're all called to read your Bible. And then I said, I got another one, pray. We're all called to pray. And I'm making a joke with her. And then, and then I said, come to church every time you can. And then I said, pay your tithes. And you know, then I was telling her, I heard a story years ago about one of Brother Hagin's camp meetings. Had, 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 had one of the, what we call the big guys up there. And he got up there to do his, his turn of preaching to thousands, thousands of people. He said, I've heard from God this morning. Everybody got your notebooks. And man, everybody sitting on pins and needles. Come out. They go and hear these prophets talk. He said, boy, God told me something very profound. Read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. He said, I've given you all you can handle. I'll see you next year. If you do that, if you do that, you won. Do you know that that's the biggest problem with most Christians? They don't read their Bibles. And, you know, with these modern times, what I've learned to do, I, when I am really hit my serious mode for reading, I mean, I read it every day, but I, when I really want to press in, I shut my cell phone off. I leave it in the stupid bedroom somewhere. Not stupid bedroom, but I leave the stupid thing in there somewhere. And then I go into another room and I sit down and pray because I don't want to hear something going off or distracting me. Because you go to look at one thing and it usually starts a thread. Well, next thing you know, oh, I missed it. Then the anointing's lifted. And you're done. <clears throat> so anyway, it says here in chapter 3, verse 1, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. I want you to see that. Jesus, right now, is the apostle and high priest of our profession. We're going to look at this in greater detail, but that profession means your confession. He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. And look at chapter 4, verse 14. And this will really help us understand as we begin to break down this Hebrews 10, 23 we're talking about tonight. I don't want to go too fast to get over your heads because I really want you to get this. So chapter 4, verse 14 says this. Seeing that we have, not we had, we presidents have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let's hold fast our profession, our confession. Why do we want to hold fast our confession? Because we have an apostle and high priest over our confession. Amen. How many 
are familiar with Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, how we got born again. It says, if we believe in our heart, that's our faith, and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God raised the dead will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto our salvation. Our high priest hears those words. And let me tell you something that religion has done a very, very much disservice to Christianity. They say, you got to confess all your sins. Well, if a sinner had to confess all their sins, they'd never get saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, God raised him from the dead. That begins the process of eternal life. The new birth takes place. But then... I don't want to get off too many bunny trails, but this will help you about the confession part. First John 1, 9 then is written not to sinners, but to Christians. It says, says if we confess our sins, he's faithful just forgive us. Well, what's that mean? That means as, as a Christian, you don't live a lifestyle of sins. It's not supposed to be your habit that every day you just live in sin all the time. But as Christians, as Christians that are serious Christians, I mean Christians that want to stay saved, want to serve God, and want to do what's right. It's not what we do all the time. You might do something that, oh man, well that's not a thousand sins. You did something wrong. And maybe you fell in where you did something wrong for a while. But then you come back to him and you confess those sins to him that, Lord, I'm so sorry I fell off the wagon. I'm so sorry I got back into that wrong sexual thing again. Lord, I'm so sorry that I gossiped like I did. I started bad-mouthing people and, and Oh, I'm sorry. I confess, I confess that, Lord, to you that that was wrong. I know it was wrong. It says he forgives those sins. So that's that confession of sins as a Christian. But to get born again, your confession was that you believe that Jesus is Lord. And God raised from the dead. He's the Son of God. And that's how you get saved. You can see the difference. That's that kind of confession. So as Christians, as Christians, if we do wrong, we confess that sin to get forgiveness. But then... The apostle and high priest of our confession, I'll show you what he's talking about. That he says, hold fast to your confession. Amen. And so Jesus is the one that's the high priest watches over our confessions. So now I want you to turn back to chapter 10, verse 23. I'm going to break this down and do my best to keep this real simple. And, you know, I, I want to say this. Uh, I've lived and taught these principles since 1980, for 41 years I've lived them, I've sat under them, and ever since the first time that I began to get under faith teaching, well, I learned how this works. I've never let loose in 41 and a half years because I found out what works. And, you know, I just think about, you know, uh, you judge a tree by its fruit. I've got a victorious family. It's not because I'm so good. It's because Jesus is good, and he taught me how to cooperate with his kingdom. And so because I cooperate with his kingdom and his spiritual laws and his principles, his precepts, his commandments for the word of God, that I've learned how to get victory into my family. And, you know, uh, if you know my family, we're like your family. We're stupid sometimes. Sometimes if you're around me and my wife, you even find out we even yell at each other sometimes. Et cetera, et cetera. But we're Christians. We learn how to cooperate with God in the Bible and in spite of all the things going on around us, we know how to come through the storms. We know how to get on the other side. Remember Jesus got in the boat and told the disciples, we're going to the other side? Well, before they got to the other side, they had resistance. 
But then the main thing was, Jesus had already said out of his mouth, we're going to the other side. He didn't say we're going halfway, then we're going to sink. He didn't say we're going to start off, start off out there, but the devil throws any waves at us or any strong winds, I'm going to quit and go back. And in our lives, there's things come our way. But I tell you what, if you've already got your heart set, your faith set with the words of your mouth, we're going to finish this project. We're going to finish this marriage out till, till, till we go to heaven. We're going to, these kids are going to be raised in the Lord. We're not going to raise a bunch of heathen. These kids will be raised right. As for me and my house, in our Joshua reading last week, Joshua chapter 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And in my house, that was so and it is so, not because I was a dictator, but I was an example. Do you remember Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ? Amen. Christ wasn't a dictator. He wasn't mean. He didn't lord it over people. He gave people a chance to follow him as Lord. And as parents, as husbands, as wives, we've got to learn those principles that our children will imitate and follow us as we follow Christ. So chapter 10, verse 23. And I want to say this. This is vital that we as believers, no matter how many times we've heard this, I know we've got a lot of really mature Christians in the church. We, 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 a lot of you were saved before we got here, but a lot of you got bored again after we were here. But we've taught you the word for 16 years since we've been here, I know of, and you've got it. But no matter how much you know, that doesn't get results. It's how much you do. And so for some of you, this is a refresher course tonight. And then for some of you, it's more than a refresher course. I believe by the Spirit of God, it's a wake-up call to get back to it, to get your mouth in order. Amen? Start guarding your mouth. And so no matter how much you've heard this, you've got to be doing it. Or you're in self-deception, according to James chapter chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, or you're self-deceived. And so the reason we do faith confessions over our nation, our city, our finances, a congregation, because the Bible says he watches over our confession. Do you notice while ago we was doing that faith confession? I wasn't even thinking it with the lesson until we started doing it. I thought, wow, here we're doing a faith confession over America, but we're believers confessing the will of God from the Bible. Because God wants nations to serve him. And here we are as a congregation in unity. Do you remember the Tower of Babel? It says all these people, said these people have one voice. It said because these people are one voice and they're in unity in what they're saying, nothing's impossible to them. But you know what? You just think about this. You get Christians across America, quit getting all full of the junky news, and start talking about how bad it is here, how bad it is there. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Why don't we start saying, God is going to do this. God is going to do that. So that faith confession we're making over America is Christians making a faith confession and the apostle high priest of our confession is watching what we're saying so he can bring it to back. We're giving you something, bring it to pass. We're giving you something to work with. And then we did a faith confession over our finances. And you know, how many in here have testimonies of things that we confess with these finances that have come to pass. Everybody sitting in here. I had one of our members told me a while ago, within the last couple of weeks, they got another really good raise on the job, and it's really went way, way up in the last year. They just keep going up, keep on confessing, keep on getting promotions. What do we confess? Promotions, raises, bonuses, benefits, gifts and surprises, and all those things. The apostle and high priest of our confession 
is watching our words. And then somebody else would say, well, it don't work for me. You just proved it does. As soon as you said it didn't, you shut off the apostle and high priest of your confession. Amen. Is this good preaching or what? We need to be stirred. We need to get back to where we were. And so anyway, <clears throat> he says, let us hold fast. Let us hold fast. And so what does hold fast mean? And this is so simple. That means keep doing what you've been doing that works. Do you know the word works when you work the word? He says, hold fast. Don't back off. Keep your guard up on what you believe and what you say. And you know, let me, let me, you know, I think, I think there's so many verses that we can look at, but I'm going to stay on target what I'm doing right here. If you see yourself slipping on how you're talking, that means it's just like you said in a Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, let the word not depart from your mouth. And what does that mean? Keep your mouth full of the word. If the word's not coming out of your mouth, that means it's departed. And so how do you keep your heart and your mouth together, working right? you got to feed on the things of God more than the things of the world. Amen. And, you know, when I think about spiritual things, there's a difference between religious people and believers. Religion pretty much is all about God but without God. They want to talk about God, but they leave him and his principles out of the picture. They just want to live a religious life by a bunch of do's and don'ts of what you can't do. How many here have ever run into religious people that all they want to do is just find negative about everything and try to tell you to do things that they don't even do? But then, real Bible-believing Christians, they live by the Word of God, and then just like James said, show me your faith without your works, it said, I'll show you my faith by my works. And so what did he mean? It says, you watch how I live, and you'll see the word of God working. And we see the good word of God working, you know, Jesus said, we're the salt. Well, that gives flavor. And when people see us as believers, they see fruit. And, you know, to me, not bra- like, again, not bragging on me, but bragging on Jesus, the word of God, look at my fruit, look at my kids, look at my grandkids. That's the best fruit I know of is my kids and grandkids because if my family doesn't get to make heaven as their eternal home and get to enjoy heaven on earth, then I failed. Amen. My family is my greatest, is my greatest treasure. You know, I love, I love congregation. I love church people. I love all Christians. I love people, but the closest ones to my heart is my own family. And so I want to do all I can to be the kind of Christian example that my children and my grandchildren will know how to get rid of sickness if it hits. Know how to get rid of depression. If they get out in the secular world, they get on a job that have mean fellow employees or bosses, then I want them to know how to submit to them in love and see God change things around, but to be able to patiently endure till they get the job done. How can I say that? Well, I was a truck driver 28 years. And so during that point in all, all, all that period of time, everybody I worked with wasn't angels. I worked with some people demon-possessed and things, and I found out by experience that God threw me into the lion's den to be able to shut the mouths of the lions 
so they could hear the gospel and receive eternal life. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't fun out there sometimes, but I learned how not to quit. But the things we're talking about here, hold fast, the profession of your faith without wavering, that's a big key to not quitting when you get out there where the, where the, where the rubber meets the road. If you don't know how to talk right, if all you could ever say is, man, I got another new job, pastor. Oh, you did? Well, that's good. Let's see. That's the fifth one this year. Well, why did you have to leave this one? I got another mean boss. Oh. And those people around me, none of them Christians. Oh. Is that the way it is? That you mean you're praying for God to make you a soul winner. He puts you in the mission field and you run. Amen. I'll tell you what, if you're going to be in the world, you're going to meet mean people. You know why? Because the world right now, as Ephesians chapter 2 says, they're without hope, without God in the world. And Jesus said, in John 17, said, Father, I'm praying you don't take them out of the world, but keep them in the world so that people can see that you love them as you've loved me. Amen? And you're never going to make it out there. If you don't learn how to talk right. And so he says, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. And so uh, I want you to look at chapter 3, verse 14. We'll come back here. I'm just going to keep on jumping back here. But I want you to see this. <clears throat> verse 14. Chapter 3, verse 14. says, we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. If we hold, hold fast, the beginning of our confidence, steadfast unto the end. And you know, I think about Christians become new born again Christians. When I become a born again Christian, I was at a Pentecost church. Matter of fact, we'll show you some pictures someday. We was just out near the end. I took a little short video clip and Sent it back here to some of the staff to see where I started off at. But that Pentecostal church, they weren't a word church. They were a Holy Ghost church. They didn't teach a lot of the Bible. They were good Christians, but they were ignorant about a lot of the Bible. So they had a lot of Holy Ghost, a lot of good stuff. But I remember one of the leaders got up there when I was a baby Christian. And, you know, might have some new Christians in here. I don't know. But as a new Christian, I, I, I came from Centerville. Where's Centerville at? That's where sinners live. That's where my family lived. And you know, I hear Christians say, well, what church do you come out of? I come out of the Methodist church. Well, I come out of the Catholic church. Well, I come from the Baptist church. Well, where'd you come from? I came from Centerville. I didn't come from church. So stuff was all new to me. But I heard this man get up there one day. And matter of fact, he was the music leader in the church. And he said this. He said, you guys remember what it was like when we had our joy, when we were first born again, when we were new Christian joy? Well, I'd like to have that joy back. I thought, What's he mean, have that joy back? I mean, you know, I'm, I was a brand new Christian, and I was lit up. But let me tell you something. I've kept the fire burning for 41 and a half years. I found out that joy wasn't a filling. It was a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, it's a fruit of the Spirit. So all these years, I've confessed what God says about me. I've said what God says about my health. I've said what God says about my family. I said what God says about my money, about my church life, 
about my ministry. I've stayed hooked up with God, and this verse right here shows how to do it. So anyway, <clears throat> look at this verse right here. It says, hold fast. It says you hold, you hold on to what God's given you if you're going to be a partaker of all that he has. Now back to 10.23. It says the profession. Well, you've heard me say this before. That word profession comes from a Greek word, homologia. H-O-M-O-L-O-G-I-A, homologia. And get this, 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 this is the, the uh, essence of the whole lesson tonight. Homologia in the Greek simply means to say the same as. To say the same as. It means your confession, uh, your confession to say the same as. What do you say the same as? Of your faith. How many can quote me Romans 10, 17? Where does faith come from? Hear the word of God. And so if you're holding fast to say the same as God, you're saying the same as God's word. So if you're going to have a confession of faith about your health, it's going to be whatever health verses you're standing on. And, you know, I was, I was uh, telling somebody this morning, going through a health thing, I said, well, I know this. When I was going through the cancer thing three years ago, all I said through the whole thing was the elders anointed me to follow the name of the Lord. And according to James chapter 5, verse 14, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Do I have to pray for any more? They prayed the prayer of faith. Heal is working in my body. Heal is working in my body. And then as I went through the things I went through, and they was giving me blood tests all the time and all the different things I was doing, I kept saying this. They're going to keep on looking at that microscope of my blood. And then all of a sudden they're going to say, what is that? First Peter 2.24, that's not on our charts. What's the First Peter 2.24? They're going to say, well, it's in the Bible. By Jesus' stripes, Bernie Samples was healed. And so guess what? After several months, wasn't even a whole year, after several months, the microscope said, First Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, he was healed. Well, I held fast the confession of the word of God, that by his stripes I was healed. And guess what? He's faithful that promised. The apostle and high priest of my confession watched over my words, and he turned my blood from cancer into healthy blood. Was that fun to do that? I don't know anything about that season to tell you the truth, because the blood was shut off to my brain. I was about brain dead because my brain wouldn't work. I would come into church and my legs wouldn't hardly work. They'd get me out of the car and had Robert and Jesse. They'd walk behind me. My legs were like spaghetti because things wasn't working. And I told these guys, I said, man, I said, don't hold on to me. I don't want to look like a cripple. But I said, if I go down, then you can grab me. But I said, I believe in the name of Jesus. I can make it to the front row. I'd get to the front row, and I'd sit there because of what do you think happened with my head. I'd sit there like a shell. But I got a spirit on the inside. As Pastor Dave, whoever was teaching the Word of God, taught, I'd sit there in my seat. And when people stood up to worship the Lord, if I'd get my legs to work, I'd stand up too. But if I couldn't, I'd sit in my chair. But all the time on the inside of me, I said, by his stripes I was healed. I'd say, by his stripes, I am healed. 
I'd open my mouth to say those things. This went on for a while, so was it fun? I was such a zombie, I didn't know about fun or not fun. I mean, I just, I was just existing, but my spirit man was so trained for all the years I trained my spirit man. My spirit man was in control, except the suit I live in, my earth suit, was trying to hinder my spirit man. But my spirit man was already built up and it was strong. And so it come a point in time that by the end of the year, they saw in the microscope, there's no cancer there. The blood's whole. It's working. But listen, you know, people that aren't serious about God's word thinks things just happen because somebody's lucky or God chose to do this or God chose to do that. His word is his will. He said, let us hold fast the confession of our faith to say what God says about whatever area of life it is. And your confession of faith It'll work over your salvation. You know, I cannot tell you how many times over the years I've been up here being the preacher and giving people a chance to be born again. And how did I feel? I mean, I feel just as dead as a doorknob. And I say, come up here. I want to pray with you. And I was thinking, I'd like to turn around and have you pray for me. I want to feel saved too. Being saved not a feeling. It's a spiritual thing. And then the house we live in, our mind is part of this house. Where we're living in this thing here, if we let it control us instead of God's word, then we're going to go by our feelings, and then we're going to get to the place where we say, you know what, I don't feel like going to church today. I'm tired of this confession business. I'm just going to start saying how I really feel. I don't feel saved. I don't feel blessed. I don't, I never got any raises. I don't know what tithe it does for anybody. It never did anything for me. This, this faith is, I don't know about this. Well, you, you got into the feeling arena then, instead of saying what God says, you're trying to say what's going on around you. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And, you know, I think about Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Over the years, you, I cannot tell you how many times I've made myself just start laughing. So I thought, man, i got to have some strength. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. But I still feel like a loser. So it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And also the joy of the Lord is the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, etc. So I thought, you know what? I need some strength. So I'm just going to close my Bible. I'm just going to raise my hands. I'm just going to praise Jesus. I'm going to start laughing. I'm just going to start laughing. <laughs> Jesus, you're so good. I just love you, Jesus. I want to thank you. I'm getting stronger, stronger, stronger because the joy of the Lord is my strength. What am I doing? Hold fast the confession of my faith without wavering. You know, let me tell you something. There might be a time sometimes you have to quit just doing the praying for it. It's not being the doer of it. If you've got real joy, can you stay a sarpus? Can you stay down if you've got real joy? You know, when you when you got joy, joy laughs. And I think about what, what Peter said in, uh, I think, First Peter. He's, he said, we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, what's joy unspeakable? 
you start laughing so much you can't talk. You can't speak it, so you're just laughing it. And this is part of how our faith works. We've got to be able to recognize that faith is a spiritual force. Faith is real. Faith changes things, but faith doesn't work by hoping. Faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by the Word of God, and then faith is manifested by doing it. Somebody say amen. Amen. And hold fast and confess our faith without wavering. And so when you're confessing or speaking your faith, that means you're speaking the Word of God. And when you're speaking the Word of God, you're speaking the answer. You're speaking the answer. You know, one thing that I've never did, and I doubt if I'll ever do it. Do you know that when that blood cancer stuff was on me, I not one time looked up the name of that disease they called it. It had a name. And the only time I ever hear that name, if somebody somewhere, some doctor wants to know what it was, I said, I don't know, doctor, doctor, what what her name is. I said, uh, she called it some kind of, started with an L. Was it something, something, lymphoma? I said, that sounded like it probably was. I don't know. But you know what? I didn't Google it to find out. I didn't care what it was. I had that. I wanted the answer to that. So I didn't Google. I got it. I got the Bible, and I majored on the answer. I majored on the answer. You know what would have happened if I would have Googled, studied out that, some kind of lymphoma, whatever it was? I don't know for sure what Pastor Dave has had some kind of leukemia years ago, and I, I, I don't know what it was. All I knew, my son had leukemia, he was crippled, and God had the answer. And so I didn't study leukemia, I studied Jesus. When my blood was diseased, I studied the Word of God, and I found out from the Word of God in all the places I found of what God said, so I said what God said, I held fast the confession of my faith without wavering. I'm, I'm telling you right now, for your life, faith and confession is your key to victory. You don't just have to have faith, you have to speak your faith. You have to talk your faith. You have to say what you expect God to do from His Word. You can't make God do anything, but when you confess God's Word, Jesus is the apostle over our faith and our confession. He watches what we say. Amen? Now, I want you to hold your place and look at Mark chapter 11. Because we've got, we got to remember these things. And if you don't know it yet, then you've got to learn it so you can remember it. Mark 11 And you know, when I think about, when I think about faith, I think about God, because God uh, is the father of our faith. Jesus is the originator of our faith. It starts with Him. Mark 11, 22 and 23. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith, in God. Have faith in God. And uh, I, I, I heard Bible teachers that are much more knowledgeable than I am about the Hebrews and Greek thing. says that means have the faith of God or use your faith like God uses his faith. Use your faith like God uses his faith. Is he our father? Are we his sons and daughters? Then we ought to act like him. 
What does it say in Genesis chapter 1? If you've, if you've read the Bible, start with Genesis chapter 1. It says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Because God confessed what he wanted. God said, let there be light. And God said, let the waters cover the earth. And the waters covered the earth. And God said, let the waters be filled with living creatures. And God said, so when you go through the book of Genesis, if we're going to use our faith like God used his faith, God said, and then there it was. And so have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. We are his sons and daughters. He wants us to use his principles as spiritual laws to change things around us. Amen. And, you know, I, I, I just I just think about how sad I feel for Christians that don't know these things yet. They get a bad diagnosis, and all they do is talk about how bad it is and getting worse. Said, well, the doctor said you can expect this, 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 and this. Well, Jesus said you can expect this. Lay hands on the sick in my name, they shall recover. That's what you're supposed to expect. That's what you major on. Well, they said... The economist said, this, 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 this is going to happen. Well, the Bible says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, they said this, this, and this, the judge said, but my Bible says I'm surrounded with favor as a shield. You know, we need to start saying what God says. And so Mark chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 22, use God's faith. And then Jesus right here to, gives us the working definition of how our faith is released and how it works. He said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say. And as many times as I said this, i got to say it again, because somebody probably didn't hear this yet. In my Bible, I circled whosoever shall say, because I'm a whosoever. So my name goes in that verse. Whosoever. That means me. Whosoever. And the reason I say that. I don't know about you, but I have read into some religious people. And I, the religious people I ran into, not so many, believe it or not, the more religious people in Indiana than there are in California. we got so many churches out there, so many people baptized in religion. That is pretty rough sometimes. In California, we got people from a lot of places, but a lot of them aren't church people. And so therefore, you give them the Bible for the first time, they don't, they don't doubt you on it because they haven't been brainwashed religiously. But I ran into people out there who tell me, well, you know what? That was Jesus talking to the apostles. That wasn't for us. That was for the apostles. That was for those disciples that were there. And so, as I grew in the Lord, that I realized that Jesus doesn't have words there by accident. He was talking to the apostles, and he didn't say, apostles, if you shall say. He said, apostles, if whosoever shall say. So in other words, he brought all of us into the picture and he let us know he's not just talking to the apostles, he's talking to anybody that will listen. So my Bible, beside that, I wrote, this means me. He's talking about me because I'm whosoever. Amen. And so whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and the mountain is whatever it is that's impossible obstacle that's in your path. It might be cancer. It might be really, really, really deadly COVID. It might be financial disaster. It might be a marriage that's just about over. 
It's just horrible, horrible situation. It's a mountain. You see no way around it. It might, it might be children that are wayward, that are out there, and it's an impossible thing. But Jesus said, whosoever shall save this mountain, you're getting bigger. You're getting bigger, mountain. You're impossible. That's what too many Christians say. They've made you on how big the mountain is, not how big God is. He says, say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. There's a difference between your heart and your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, renew your mind. He tells us, put on the mind of Christ. Change your way of thinking. Change your mind. But when you got born again, that was instantaneous. You didn't have to change your heart. He changed your heart. When you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Come into my heart. Forgive me. I'll live for you, Jesus. Well, immediately, your heart become alive with the faith of God. And so he said, he said, shall believe and shall not doubt. Well, see, the doubt can hit your head, but faith is in your heart. So you got to tell your head, head, shut up. Get out of here. Thoughts get away. It might be cancer, but God's bigger. Those kids might be out there, but God's with them. He's bringing them back. This job may be over, but the same one that got me this job is getting me the next one. And it's even going to be better. And so I want to tell you, when you're facing these obstacles with your Bible open, with specific verses that apply to what you're looking at in life, you've got to close your eyes. And what I've done so many times in the possible things of life, everybody said, well, Pastor, I thought you guys had it made, never had any problems. I'll tell you what, you don't get to where we are if you don't whip the problems. Man, you got to take the giant's heads off, just like David took Goliath's head off. you got to take the heads off. And the Word of God's the sword of the Spirit we use. That takes off the heads of the giant problems. But when I face the big problems of life, I close my eyes so I can close out what's around me. And then I go like this. And my head all the time is just telling me, no, 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 it's over this time. But I say, Father, I want to thank you. You look at me right now. I believe in my heart in the name of Jesus that this is what's going to happen according to your word. Father, I believe your word says that by Jesus' stripes I was healed, so I am healed. Lord, I want to thank you. Your word says you rebuke the devourer for me because I'm a tither and the windows of heaven are open. Lord, I want to thank you. Your word says, tramp a child the way he should go when he's older not to depart from. But Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus. My son, my daughter, they're serving you, Lord. That's what I believe. And my head is saying no, but my heart's saying yes. I'm speaking to my mountain. And I can tell you what, every time, every time the mountain is left and the promise showed up. Amen. I talk about faith and confession is your key to victory. And so he says, and shall not doubt in his heart, but listen to this, but shall believe that those things which he hopeth. What's it say? Shall believe those things what? That he saith. Oh, this is going to be the death of me. 
Oh, that just kills me. Wow. What does it say? Well, they'll never come home. They're never going to change. They're just getting worse. Well, the doctors say, here's what you can expect next. It goes from this to this. And then here's what's going to happen next. But the insurance company said, we can't pay for that treatment. Those are all mountains. He'll have whatsoever he saith. <clears throat> and it says, he shall believe those things he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Have whatsoever he saith. My faith is not based on insurance companies. My faith is not based on what people say. I don't deny medical science. I don't deny natural laws. But I say this, the word of God will overcome things that are coming against us. Like Pastor Dave said this morning, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. But we have a role to play. He'll have whatsoever he saith. But what's saying? Well, that's back to Hebrews chapter 10. That's our confession. Hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. He's faithful that promised. And so Jesus is the one that watches our words. Jesus is the right hand of God, not only as our intercessor, one that receives our tithes as our mediator, that Jesus is also the one who watches our words. And then, one more verse I want to quote. In Mark chapter 16, we all know that he talks about lay hands sick that shall recover. And then the very last verse, verse 20, it says Jesus worked with them, confirming the word. Confirming the word with signs following. And so that word, that word could be healing. It could be Proverbs 22, 6, the children getting it, turned around, coming back, doing right. Whatever it is, if you do what Hebrews 10, 23 says, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering, that Jesus will bring it to pass in your life, but you have got to cooperate with Jesus. And so I just, this whole thing, when the Lord gave me this sermon, he told me just to keep on letting you know that the devil's going to try to make you slack and back off and start agreeing with the world. And so just make sure that with all the doom and gloom around you, when people talk about how bad it is, how bad it's going to get, if you're not where you really talk boldly around people, just on your breath say, Jesus, if they want it for them, they can have it. But for me and my house, we're going to stay covered. We're going to stay blessed. We're going to stay healed. Our needs are going to be met. We're going to serve you. We're going to walk in the blessing of God. You said we can have what I say. Well, all around me, a thousand may fall at my left, a thousand my right. But as for me and my house, it will not come nigh us. Amen? Amen. We'll close that one down. But that is your key. That is your key to victory. <clears throat> and, you know, I just remind you that when we do these faith confessions around here, not just because we're a religious church that has nice, nice little sayings, we recognize spiritual laws. And when we're together in unity, that's how the early church started in unity. They were hooked up together in unity with God, and we're hooked up with unity with Him and speaking His word together. Their spiritual power comes out of this place. Do you remember the tongues of fire, the books of Acts? I'll guarantee you, you get a bunch of believers in a place like this in the spiritual realm, if you could see it, we're on fire. Man, I'll tell you what, the fire of heaven 
is working out of this place because people's hearts and their words are right. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.